Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Stratford here setting the scene for today's episode, and it focuses on music. Mike and Brandon kick off the conversation talking about how music is very much a part of the human condition, the human experience, and what use cases there are already on file, already studied about music and learning, but also what we can learn from anecdotal experiences around music and how we ourselves use it every day to learn, to study, and to grow. After that, you'll hear a conversation, or actually I should say a a small snippet of a conversation with Ken Florence, a colleague of ours here at Kaplan Test Prep, who you'll hear more of in the future here. Uh, He is a composer, a musician, uh, and a teacher, and somebody that Mike and I get to talk to here. You're going to hear a small snippet of that on today's episode. Then, later in the week, you will hear an extra episode with Ken, Mike, and myself, and uh, we'll be wholly focused on music. We also are very happy to start introducing new music to you here on the podcast, a new musical brand and identity for us. Hope you enjoy it. Let us know. Tweet at us, at Trending and Ed. Facebook, the same. Go over to TrendingandEducation.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you like, what we can improve, and what you want to see more of. With that said, here come Mike and Brandon talking about music. Mike Palmer and Brandon Jones here. Yeah, uh, welcome, uh, welcome to the show, uh, Brandon. Yeah, I'm Brandon. The Dan, Dan, who you almost called me, is I, not here. No, um, but I am. Hi, Mike. Hey, Brandon. Uh, and uh, today's show is going to be a little bit uh, musical for you, so I'm going to try to be a little more musical with my voice right now. So, like, uh, we wanted to talk about music, and we wanted to talk about how music can help with learning and how music is a really core part of uh, what it is to be human and a uh, bunch of different topics that we're going to jump into. But, uh, but Brandon, uh, what's happening with you? Uh, anything, uh, anything uh, striking your fancy, anything musical top of mind? Today? Well, I always, so we're, we're recording just to, to, we talked about memory palaces in a previous episode and to, to hang some visuals into your own. Yes. Uh, we record in, in a room, which we call the whisper room. Shh. I mean, I can tell them about it, can't I? Yes. So uh, it is, it's a padded room, no joke. Um, <laughs> but we sit here with the, you know, we've got these cans on. We've got these, this, these headphones on yes. and these mics. And so I always feel like I've just recorded, I, like I've booked time in the studio to just like drop some, drop some lines, yes. drop, drop some rhymes. Yes. And every time we end up just talking about podcast stuff. But, right. But um, so I, I feel like uh, I'm in, I'm in a, a musical mode every yeah. time I'm in this, uh, this seat, actually, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yes, yes. And, uh, and sound, too, right? So music is just a type of sound, baby. Yeah. Uh, so if you think about it, it's, uh, it's beyond the, the textual. It gets paralinguistic mm-hmm. or... Uh, you know, it's not really the semantic content. It's it's another way in which we encode sound. Yeah, and which we specifically, you said at the, the top that uh, it's a human thing. Yes. I think it's interesting. It's It was fascinating to me in, in reading through this that if an, when animals hear songs, uh-huh. so for example, I, I'm going to come back to finish this point. Every time I leave uh, my apartment in the morning, I, I live in New York City, yes. and I uh, have Alexa, I have a dog uh, named Charlie. Sure. Uh, I have Alexa play NPR for Charlie. Yeah, it's like it's like some noise. Sound, right? yeah. Right. So they have segments where there's like music that they'll play for a while. Right. 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 NPR. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
does that mean that Charlie's just hearing noise? He's like not, he can't discern the difference between the music and the non-musical word parts. It's just noise. Some animals or all animals? Not all animals. So like there's, there's a really good uh, Vox explained about this that kind of got us moving on this. And, uh, and we may wind up uh, talking more to the producer that, because uh, it was a really interesting cross-section of, uh, of information about music and what you can learn about music. But in terms of the comparative biology of it, uh, looking at other animals, many different animals share some of our music capabilities and our music comprehension, but none of them have all of it. Mm. So, so some understand rhythm, but they don't understand melody. And some understand harmony, uh, but they don't really know how to, uh, you know, sort of synthesize sort of the emotional for some, it's all about the bass. No, no treble. No treble. Yeah. Yes, yes. But there was even, uh, you know, again, in the to paint the the picture, uh, there is like a there's a cockatoo. There's like a talking bird of some kind who knows how to get down to the. I'm I'm, I'm moving my head. Yeah, as, yeah, as, yeah. As though, uh, as though I also know listeners, how to, you're missing it. I dan- I can dance like a cockatoo, so to say. Uh, but um. But anyway, like I forget the name of the name of the bird, but the bird can get down in a way that is rhythmic and uh, and other animals can't. And uh, and then birds, generally speaking, uh, are almost uh, more uh, more fluent with melody, uh, almost in a, an unconscious way. So like, you know, the songbird and uh, and like sort of the. The, the idea that uh, the songbirds with the best, uh, the best musical pipes, uh, they, they impress the other songbirds and it helps them uh, make more songbirds. Sure. So, uh, but that's more um, almost, akin, it's not like the, the songbird with beautiful plumage uh, is adorning that plumage and knows how to be a wonderful costume designer. They just, they just make it happen yeah. and, and it's wonderful. So, so it is really interesting as you start looking, you know, like we have talked about uh, sort of the uh, evolutionary and biological underpinnings of some of our learning and some of our uh, cognitive capabilities. It was really interesting, uh, and I think uh, this, this explainer did a nice job of it, to talk about how no one really brings it all together the way the, way the human mind can. And uh, didn't get as much into the evolution of it, um, but I think that's also fascinating. Like at what point did, uh, did humans start to leverage music and why and why was it a competitive advantage uh is a really interesting question i know there's been other research i remember uh, dan pink's book uh when talked about this about how there's a really genuine um psychological benefit and a health benefit they, they found ties to longer life to people who sing in groups and that um perhaps there was some uh, you know, you also think about it if, you know, uh, you know, when you're marching in formation, people are singing together. Or when you're trying to get a group of people sort of moving in the same direction, uh, being in sync uh, to either music, uh, you know, from a PA system or from a DJ, like, like me when I'm at the club. Uh, or The club. Yeah. Or, or like, uh, you know, maybe our ancestors, uh, was it that maybe a tribe that knew how to sing together and synchronize together and those kinds of practices had, had an advantage over another one. Uh, I think that stuff's really, really fascinating. And, uh, you know, some of it gets touched on here. Um, I think we also wanted to talk about some of the other um, ways in which music helps, right? And yeah, helps. and helps with learning. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. So um, I think the Gabby Gifford story in particular uh, resonated with me uh, and Gabby Gifford's uh, 
U.S. senator or was she a congresswoman? Congresswoman, congresswoman yeah. Congresswoman in Arizona who was, uh, uh, you know, tragically shot. Shot, yeah. You know, shot in the head and um, survived uh, and then went through uh, a pretty arduous, uh, you know, rehab process, uh, but was having trouble uh, recovering her ability to speak. And, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about uh, the connections to the brain and, and the speech areas in the brain. They were clearly damaged by... Um, by the bullet that went through her brain, uh, not too different from uh, Phineas Gage. That's right. Which, uh, if if those of you who 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 love our back catalog, pretty good story it's about such a good story. Phineas Gage, yeah. the uh, the the nineteenth century uh, railroad worker who uh, all the live long day took all the a railroad spike through the through through the uh, through, through the brain through the brain yeah. and uh, and then uh, so so Gabby Gifford similar uh, problem although not a spike it was sadly it was a gunshot. But um, but she's doing pretty well now. And then there were there was some there's an interesting article that we'll share out about how when she was trying to recover her speech and her ability to talk, music was extremely helpful. And uh, and I know Brandon uh, as as a as a parent, um, you know, especially in the early days of a, of a kid's life, you know, once they're starting to speak and they're starting to learn. Music is a really powerful um, tool. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, any thoughts on uh on uh, the, the rehab applications or how they relate to, uh, to sort of the learning at first blush when you're young? Yeah, I probably have thoughts on, on both. Um, uh, I mean, I'll start with the, with the rehab. So I, I worked at a VA hospital for a while um, doing uh, you know, community service and uh, as a recreational therapist. And so I was in the sort of general therapy group and there was um, uh, therapy through music uh, therapist as well there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I, I hope I was helpful too. Like I was playing games with, with people, you yep. know, um, in some cases to help regain muscle strength um, in some cases, um, you know, to have the sense of sort of teamwork and to provide the humanity of the experience. But um, I, I definitely, like, I, I saw lots of patients there who were, like, that was the thing that they looked forward to. So mm -hmm. this is this is anecdotal and, and you know, many years ago remembered. But um, I, I think uh, to the point that you, you cited around um, research that shows that there's longer life expectancy from people who sing in groups, I think some of that sort of congregational um, – you know, group singing uh, is very human and very nourishing mm -hmm. and can be so in a way for people who are recovering uh, as well. Right, and, right. you know, there's like, there, there's the probably harder science of the, how repetition in the brain works with neuroplasticity mm -hmm. and, and some of the things we talked about in, in a previous episode. Sure. And I think, you know, for, um, uh, for, for Gabby Giffords, like th that's probably what's, what's happening here. But I think there's a, there's a, a broader social aspect uh, as well. Mm -hmm. And then as a parent, I mean, there's it's all sorts of songs with your, with your kid. I think Twinkle Twinkle Little Star is one of the ones that was cited in this, in this Gabby Giffords article too. Yep, but yep. Um, you, you realize among other things that there's only like one song <laughs> with just different lyrics. So it's Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Yeah. Ba ba black sheep, uh -huh. same song. Like there's only there's only like a couple of different note progressions that you can yeah. do in yeah. life. Yeah. Um, 
but uh yeah i i mean my 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 daughter likes to sing all the time um i i wrote a song for her uh which I, i'll spare the listeners from repetition <laughs> here but maybe there's an extra I don't yeah know. maybe as an extra as an extra um i i i play on a toy uh what penny calls my daughter calls a tar because uh, she she can't say guitar yeah, for some reason get that get out of here it's yeah, just a tar. it's just yeah. a tar yeah. play it on your tar daddy um so yeah, it, it's definitely, I mean, it, it, it feels in, in some from that like little meandering through my own lived experience. It's, it's very human. Mm -hmm. uh, it starts basically immediately or, or sort of, you know, pre, um, uh, it, there's a, a prenatal part to it too. Mm -hmm. And um, is, uh, I think, something that draws people together. So mm -hmm. those are, that's my, that's, my my uh, my my man on the street uh, I reporting. It. I uh, liked for it. You. you you humanized what was otherwise somewhat abstract to us. So 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 thank you for that. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, and it it is interesting now as like uh, brain research continues to improve, uh, understanding how brain waves are impacted by sound and impacted by you know um, the type of music that you're listening to, and increasingly performance research is finding that depending on the type of task different types of music either aid performance or impair it and uh you can even see this in uh you know many of your pregame uh the pregame rituals we see among amongst our athletes they're kind of locked into their own head and then having your own music and your own headphones kind of locking that into you allow you to sort of almost get into a, a meditative state where you're, you know, it's your it's your walk-up music it's your it's your thing that gives you that sense of it's my time. And, uh, and I do think that is something that perhaps we under leverage, you know, like it is interesting, you know, um, to think about how music can uh, inspire and motivate and, and also calm, you know, and uh, uh, I do feel like we need a, we need a score for this, uh, for this show too. Like when we're being inspirational, we should get the inspirational music. Yeah, some uh, swelling, underneath. like music swelling in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when we reach our, uh, our the, 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 the big, uh, the big climax, and then uh, maybe there's a big uh, cymbal, you know, and a trumpet uh, flare of some kind. I like it. And then it's, uh, and then we're in the, the, the game mall. The, the unraveling at the end but um what else what else struck you uh, as far as uh some of the articles that we were uh, we were kicking around here uh well there was the one on um uh playing uh music for babies like mozart uh yep. in the womb mm -hmm. or mozart uh as your baby is sleeping playing mozart in the back mm -hmm. background um we talked about myths here on the on the pod uh I think that has been disproven to was, was it debunked? I think it was de debunked. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was debunked. Uh, but this is the thing I feel like if you said to people, does playing Mozart for your baby right. make her smarter? Right. A non insignificant number of people would say confidently yes. Yes. And in fact, like there's a whole cottage industry around like Mozart for babies. Right. Um and it it seems from these articles, and we can share them, right, uh, right. like that's not the case. Right. In fact, it would be more useful uh, as someone who's starting to get more acquainted with, uh, you know, the the prenatal uh, prenatal action. But like, it, it's more useful at times to uh, have the mother listening to Mozart because she'll then relax 
And then if she relaxes, the baby doesn't get the, the stress hormones. So like, it is interesting that there's a little bit of truth even in the, the myth in that like, you know, depending on where the baby headphones on the belly are, maybe mom heard a little bit of it. And if she heard a little bit, if she relaxed, it's good. So like, but that's right. That is, and that, that is interesting, but it is, it's through the mom, like the mom's physiology. Correct. And not that, you know, baby in the womb is hearing Mozart and so inspired to like become, you know, her own little composer. Until the baby headphones get created, uh, <laughs> that's going to be the standing, the standing understanding. Yeah. yeah. If there were, if there were ways for babies to, to get access to that, it, it is really, it is an interesting uh, topic uh, for sure. And then, and then at what point, at one point does music actually aid in learning? And like, you know, it is more cognitive load to listen to music, but sometimes if it is more like background music or like, uh, you know, sort of something sort of supportive in the background, can that actually enhance your, your understanding, particularly as we listen to content more? Um, and then also if you're reading with your eyes, if you're old school about your reading mm. and there's like classical music in the background um, or, or whatever sort of ambient music uh, that sort of, pleasing or calming to you do you actually retain your knowledge better or is it distracting you know these are these are really interesting areas of research uh we're we're kind of scratching the surface of it now but we'd like love to dig in uh dig in deeper and uh you know i, th I think we're going to try to build on that in this conversation and then also figure out um you know, are, are there other folks, other experts that we could talk to to help uh, help us further expand? Yeah, I think we have some in our sort of extended network here. So yeah. um, I, I would expect to hear from a, a guest or two on this on this topic. Um, you know, music, uh, as you said, it's very human, mm -hmm. and so I expect this is a topic we can come back to and with some uh, with some friends uh, as as well. Absolutely. Up next on our music episode, we hear from our colleague Ken Florence. Ken is a musician himself, a composer, a music teacher, and an employee here at Kaplan who we've gotten to work with over the past couple of months, and I am very excited for what he, one, brings to the podcast from a production standpoint, but in this interview, his musical knowledge is a great listen and something to dive into. You're going to hear a segment of it here, and then later in the week, you'll hear the full extra, hopefully with a few more segments, as well as we continue to produce more content around music, music and learning, music and education. Look for so much more. So here's Ken Florence, myself, and Mike Palmer discussing some tidbits about his life. Do you find that music has helped you learn other things, like learning the music the way you have and, and the way you can dissect and, and understand it? Has it helped you in other ways or maybe even has it hindered the way you learn how to um, change car oil or how maybe you, I know you live in New York City, so that's not really the best example, but um, has it helped you in other ways to be more methodical in the way you learn things? Sure. I mean, I, th I think it, it, what it really does is it helps you get into flow states, you know? If you have a regular practice of, of, of sort of achieving a certain kind of flow, sure. and, uh, then you can apply that to other areas of and, your life. And just to clarify, you mean flow by, uh, based on the research of Mikhail uh, Csikszentmihalyi? Yes, yes, exactly that. I'm just very proud that I can pronounce his last name. I, I had to spend time learning how to pronounce uh, Csikszentmihalyi. I'm not going to attempt it. Yeah, it's <laughs> but That sounds right. It's like Csikszentmihalyi. It's actually not that hard, uh, surprisingly. But it, but it is surprisingly hard to get into a flow state. Uh, and uh, and then Music you, can help you get there. For sure. Although your point earlier, I think, was interesting uh, as well in that um, since you're so tuned into music, uh, it can almost start to inhibit the flow state in that 
if you're trying to focus on anything else, it's almost occupying too much of your attention to allow you to have the cognitive focus uh, on the thing that you want to be focused on. Well, it's, it, it, it's, it can inhibit uh, information processing, mm-hmm. but it doesn't inhibit other activities which could benefit from a flow state themselves. Yep. So like if I, if, if I were changing the oil, Right. of my car. Right. Like that's kind of a mechanical process that I don't have to really use much brain power to, to do. Sure. And so I think having music on can, can sort of lend to the, to the sort of rhythmic um, yep. aspect of performing the task mm-hmm. um, and, and can definitely get you in a flow state that kind of, uh, you know, where, where what you're doing kind of resonates with the music. Yeah. And, and then the idea of a flow state, uh, can, can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, it's it's kind of a um, a cognitive modality that um, that involves a, a release of in, of uh, of deliberate action, mm-hmm. or it, or you could define it as the opposite of that. Right. It's it's uh it's it's deliberate action without effort. Right. So you're kind of um you you let go of your direct control over what's going on and kind of just allow the thing to 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 perform itself right almost as like a detached observer for sure to the scene and it's it's frequently like i've heard it described i've heard this described by musicians in a bunch of different ways uh recently i saw uh jay-z interviewed by uh david letterman like that netflix uh thing was going out there and uh jay-z was talking about it more around uh around you know flow or like around lyrics but he was saying there's there's those times when i'm quote in the pocket is what he said which i I think that language might have he might have even picked up on that from like uh, coltrane and like jazz musicians but the idea that like and it's also like i've heard it also talked about as a group like when a group is in swing or like when a group is like uh synchronized enough like a band it definitely works that way too where like the individual gets into a flow state as an individual performer but then also a group of musicians or a group of teammates um, can kind of get into a collective rhythm where they're just sort of performing um, optimally um, Dan you look like it, it, the San Antonio Spurs in basketball like three or four years ago the idea that they just all knew where the other was going to be and the plays just sort of ran themselves rather right. than needing real human influence that's a really I hadn't thought of it uh, from a learning perspective, like from a, uh, that sort of higher level uh, idea behind it. Uh, but that's really intriguing um, to think of. I always, we, I equate it to athletics a lot of times from, from where I'm from uh, personally, but uh, it's intriguing to think of it as uh, an actual learning way of getting into the flow of the learning and yeah, it's a, learn that way. I think it's a performative thing is the way I yeah. think of it. So like it's sports, it's music, it's taking tests. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of um, a lot of uh, the music of indigenous cultures around the world is is kind of centered around this collective act of music making. Yep. Um, which doesn't really like feature solo artists or or like you know refined articulation of very specific musical patterns. Right. But more so the sort of like emergence of a collective flow. Sure. It's like a, I was going to say like a flash mob, but it's actually the opposite of a flash mob. If if a flash mob was actually spontaneous. And people would just, you know, start making music, you know, in Grand Central uh, at random. Uh, it just because it emerges from the culture in like a way that's natural. It's like a drum circle, I guess, is the way I, w- I would think about it. Where like 
that's more, I guess, what you're describing, where like uh, there's even one in uh, in Brooklyn in Prospect Park, you know. But yeah, like, I've seen that one. Yeah, exactly. And it's like somebody starts, you know, frequently like there's not even anybody doing anything. There might be just a couple people standing around, and somebody starts, you know, playing one drum. Somebody starts dancing, and then before you know it, by like you know six o'clock on a Sunday night uh, in Prospect Park in the summer, there's like a whole there's a whole party going on. And, uh, and nobody was like, okay, can, can you please start hitting this drum in this particular way? And then Dan, can you start, uh, getting down, uh, in the way that only you can? It's a very fair, fair description. Yeah, well, it's it's, exactly, but, um, that's fascinating. Yeah. And, um, it is also like music does perform that function, I guess, in, in the other way too, right? Like, so that when music is played, uh, to a group, it does get the group synchronized in a way that they wouldn't be otherwise. So like in terms of group performance, um, you know, I, I'd be curious, maybe we could look for more research around that, but like, yep. does a group perform better? What types of tasks do groups perform better when there is uh, shared music? Um, and then at what point, you know, Dan mentioned Muzak, uh, <laughs> whether intentionally or not at the top of this segment, but like at what point uh, can the music actually like almost create a, a, a different vibe within a group. Um, and that's something we're also curious about, I think on this show too. So one of the things we hope our listeners will start to notice is maybe more of Ken's influence, more your influence uh, as we get more sound from you. Uh, Cause that's one of the things we're really looking uh, to do. Like, can that change the mood? Can that get everybody can it trigger different thinking or different um, aspects of your cognition. Um, you yeah, to- really looking forward to, to being a part of that. A great discussion between Mike and Brandon and a fun start to the talk with Ken Florence, a Kaplan Test Prep colleague, a music teacher, composer, uh, and a musician himself. So more to come from Ken later this week, not only uh, in segment form and episode form, as we'll release an extra of the full version of that conversation, but Ken will also be lending his talents to adding more music, as I said earlier, to this podcast as we move forward. So please stay tuned for that. As always, find us on Twitter at Trending in Ed. Same on Facebook. Find us at TrendingInEducation.com and find us every Tuesday on your podcasting app, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Remember, subscribe, like, comment and share we'll be back next week with a new episode of trending in education